Now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey Adam, it's time for Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. Internet dating. 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 <laughs> I sometimes wonder what it was like for people when just the people in front of them in reality, in mm-hmm. the real world, mm-hmm. was their conception of the choices available to them. Wow. Which is the way it's been in history for like 5,000 years. Yeah, that's true, huh? Because you kind of knew who who you were going to most likely marry by the age of 12 because your pool of talent was relatively small. Yeah, well, hopefully not 12. Hopefully 22. You're right. <laughs> I guess we're Romeo and Juliet, like 15. But yeah. Well, I mean, because the pool of talent wouldn't change. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're 12 or 15... You know, you'd be expected to get married by you were 18 or 20. And it's not like someone would all of a sudden, like, you know what I mean? Like, I you, you'd think, already be born. Yeah, or not, like, I was know? just thinking, like, let's say you grew up in Boston and Southie and you went to your local bar to have drinks somewhere in oh, your Oh, so this is like 1950. Is 1980. That, let's just say okay. somewhere in your brain was the idea that the people oh. in this bar and the people in this community, uh-huh. these are my choices. And I maybe want to choose someone that's good. Whereas now. I'm talking about before there's airplanes. I'm talking about before there was like, like trains. Right. Yeah. But, but sure. Okay. If you want to be more modern, sure. So a city and there's transportation available. Okay. I just think that our sense of choice is so expansive now. It's huge. For better and worse. For all the ups and all the downs. downs. Yep. All the ups and all the downs. It's true. No, you're absolutely right. And and it and you know, well, it's actually the illusion of choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's the choice. Sometimes I think it's the choice to always have more choices. Uh huh. Like, it's not that you're choosing another person. It's like, no, no, no. I've just opted to have my choices be open ended, and yeah. to believe that there's always more. Right. Yeah. When in actuality, there's only about 12 people on the planet. You know what I mean? In terms of archetypes. Who, who and, cosmically fit you. Yeah, energetics and all that. And I'm drawn to that which I am drawn to. You know, people in AA always talk about how they go to a party and they're inextricably drawn to the only other person who's an alcoholic or, you know, whatever, uh, in, in the room. And it's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well. And so internet dating wouldn't change that, would it now? Because energetics are energetics. I don't think that, yeah, I think what happens is actually something in between, Mm. which is that people end up finding a larger number of people who they kind of resonate with, but don't exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, I Mm -hmm. think you kind of get flooded with most of what resonates, like, like a taste of something that could work rather than, I think there was this period where because we, had fewer choices we really were sensitive and honed in on like no that no that is what i want to be drawn to whereas now we're like 
Oh, there's a million choices. Oh, I see. Like, like, kind of like, uh, like dim sun. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like the cart goes by, and I go, oh, I could have that, yeah. or I could have that, that or that. that. I wonder what that's like. Yeah, I wonder what. <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's the dim sun approach to dating. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's interesting. Um, the other aspect is that, you know, back before there were trains, you know, you got married once. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, you're probably like dad at 35. <laughs> so. It wasn't quite going that direction, but yeah. I mean, you were, you were a grandfather at 45 and yeah. And you're right. Life expectancy was shorter. It's, it's true, but you know, it was, it was once and that was it. There was no like, you know, I I have have this friend of mine, his name is Robert and he goes, well, I'm single again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm imagining like the wheel and wheel of fortune. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this guy's married twice and, and he he is single again. So he's out there, you know, looking around. How's Robert finding the dating scene? Well, you know, he, he's an OC guy. Uh Yeah. And, um, oh, oh, sorry for people outside of Southern California, that's Orange County. Um, and Orange County has a very, um, uh, how can I say it nicely? Um, it's a very distinct dating pool. Um, like what's that? Newport beach, Corona del Mar, uh, Costa Mesa, or as they say, Costa Mesa, um, is very affluent, very Republican, very, uh, you know, sort of like rule bound, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that's part of his dating pool. There's a lot of plastic surgery down there. They actually, they actually call it the new Silicon Valley. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. So a lot of people feeling a lot of pressure to look a certain way down there. Yeah, they used to call them Stefford Wives down there. Uh, it's down in, uh, you know, there's a place called Fashion Island, which is like super, super elitist, super, I mean, huge money. And, is uh, Fashion Island a place or is it like a shopping center? It's both. Okay. <laughs> Naturally. It's, it's a shopping center, but it's, it's also, they have offices. It's this huge, it's the Irvine Ranch Company or whatever it's called, the Irvine Company. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an experience. Anyway, so my friend Robert, he's... Sounds uh, like they've won a lot of urban planning awards. Actually, you know, so yeah, yeah, they have gated communities <laughs> with man-made lakes and... You know, you never have to leave, you know, you never have to, the complex, you never have to leave the complex. You can enter, but you can never leave. Yeah. Um, And everyone drives a Mercedes Benz or BMW. Big cars. A lot of big cars in Orange County. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what? Mm Because everyone needs like a Range Rover. (laughs) If I'm not getting 14 miles a gallon, I just don't feel like I'm alive inside. (laughs) Like... That. Well, because it's part of that conservative thing. You're like, what global warming? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cold. Exactly. So anyway, so my friend Robert, so he goes, he, you know, so he's actively dating, right? Mm-hmm. And so he, he's, he's, he also wants to hedge his bets. So what he does is he does a thing where he does like the coffee thing where, you know, there's no financial commitment. There's no um, in and out time commitment. We try to avoid that because yeah, in and out burgers, right? So I was um, thinking like get in, get out. Oh, get in and get out. Yeah, yeah. Just, so you know, just yeah, gut check. Yeah, yeah, really. It, that's part of what it is. It's sort of like that thing what people used to do on going to bars. But anyway, so he he has this date with this girl, and he meets at, at uh, I think it was a Starbucks or a whatever fancy coffee, coffee beans. <laughs> So he's, so he's already being judged. <laughs> well, he's already a, yeah yeah he's he's concerned. Well, yeah. So so he they show up and they have a nice time and you know he, oh. you know they have a nice little exchange and he's feeling good about it and he has this little thing like part of why he doesn't want to do the big expense thing is because he doesn't want to feel like 
oh, I'm I'm paying for dinner every time, and you gotcha. know, you know, he's yeah. You know. Anyway, so th- they do the coffee thing. They're getting along. They're having a good conversation. She's charming. He's fun. He's like, okay, this could this could go somewhere. He goes, so how about dinner? And uh, and he goes, I have this little place. You know, it's like a little mama papa like Mexican place. You know, relatively yeah, inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. And so she goes, oh my god, I'd love to have dinner with you, but I've been I, I heard about this new restaurant. I forget the name right now in Fashion Island. Oh yeah. Can, can we go there? You can take your little mama pop taco place. <laughs> have a nice life. <laughs> so much for refried beans <laughs> and so he goes um okay yeah i heard of that place and yeah i'll, I'll give it a go sure sure why not so you know uh they're they're both in separate cars so they they drive over and it's fascist island so i mean fashion island. oh a little slip there a little fascist island. so they go there and they have a really wonderful time and he's enjoying himself she's enjoying herself and you know it's, it's there's there's hope and he's he's giving me good you know vibes as he tells me the story anyway he says and then and then he says and he goes and then the check comes dun, dun, dun. and the guy drops the, you know, the waiter drops the, the thing and he sits there and he watches his date and she starts, you know, like looking at her phone and doing all this distraction thing. Like what's that thing on the table? <laughs> Who put that there? Could that be there? That looks out of place. So he's feeling <laughs> Adam. So he's feeling this awkward moment. And in that, this is all going someplace, Adam, believe me. Yeah. So, in that moment, there's I love this, this description of the average Southern California date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, average, yeah. And so in that moment, he's like, uh, it's awkward for him because he's like, well, she's not moving towards, you know, right. splitting the bill with me, yeah. and, and he doesn't want to ask, but she's not even like doing the fake, oh, let me see, let me check my purse, and, you know, oh, no, 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 right? Yeah, there's, so there's, yeah, and it's. So he feels stressed in that moment. So he's awkward, stressed out. And because he went to, he agreed to go to a place that was more expensive than he had anticipated. She's not offering anything in terms of financial support there. And so then he's put into a position where he feels obligated to pay and it doesn't feel good. Right. Okay. So then, you know, we talk about other stuff and we break it down and, you know, what's his part in it, what's her part in it. But that's all beside the point. Mm-hmm. The part that I'm bringing into our podcast today, yes. which is directly to both the writer and the actor, but more directly to the writer, is that my question to him and to about 10 other people I told the story to was specifically, at what point did the date go south? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. I have a suspicion. Okay. Most people, Robert, said right away, oh yeah, when the the check was dropped, right? And about eight out of 10 people that I talked to after I talked to Robert and relayed the story, because it's so interesting to me, all said the same thing, when the the check got dropped. Right, but I'm guessing that's not what you think. I I wouldn't even say think. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing, and this is what makes it so interesting for, for creatives, is that if I hold the perspective that the date goes south when the check gets dropped at the lo- at the hoity-toity restaurant in mm-hmm. Newport Beach, in Newport Island, oh, sorry, what's it called? Fashion Island. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> then that limits my ability to uh, create suspense and drama and inner life. Mm. If I hold the perspective that 
the date went south in the moment that the guy, my friend Robert, offers up the, the little Mexican place around the corner. And she says, oh, I'd love to go out to dinner with you, but let's go to the expensive place in Fashion mm-hmm. Island. And he agrees. That's a choice point that he that he in real life sort of skipped over. If he, if the writer, not not the character, if the writer is conscious of it, that that or makes the decision, that's where the date goes off, mm-hmm. then we have so much more room to explore the misbehaviors, the conflicts, the the mashugan, the craziness, the mashuganas, the if onlys, the 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 tension. So now there can be tension. But if if the writer doesn't identify it, then the writer can't can't write it, and then the actor can't play it. So you're talking about a really subtle thing, and I just want to make sure that our listeners are understanding. And I just want to tell you what my understanding of what you're saying is, which mm-hmm. is that you actually feel like if we view the conflict as arising when the check comes, we've missed the actual inner life and the actual conflict because the actual conflict exists as soon as he makes a suggestion and she makes a counter suggestion and he goes along with it, even though it may not be what he wants. Right, because the character would be in con. If the if the character was aware, mm-hmm. then the character would be in conflict. Because he just agreed to something that he doesn't really want to do. Right. So, as a writer, I can make the character either aware that he was, uh, you know, made a made a, a commitment to something that he didn't really want to do, or he can be unaware of it as a character, but the writer has to know. Mm-hmm. So that the writer can put in other mm, obstacles, other events, other things, where where you uh, that can be explored in the space between. Yeah, I think it's really about understanding with your characters that every time they make a choice, I think a lot of people would have looked at this story and said, "Oh, well, that wasn't a ch- you know that wasn't a choice point," and you're looking in and saying, "Well, as soon as she makes a counter suggestion of let's go to the fancy restaurant, mm-hmm. he has to make a choice." Yes of whether he wants to do that. And if you don't view that as a choice, then there's no potential for um, the actor, for example, embodying discomfort with that choice Uh or not being conscious or unconscious of Mm -hmm. whether they actually want to do it. Um, How the actress, the she, the the female playing that other uh, opposite him in this scene would feel one way or the other with the suggestion that they go get Mexican food, mm-hmm. how she feels about it. Mm-hmm. I, so I kind of see that's what you mean is that like at every single moment in a scene between two people in a relationship, really, it's really not even about a story or a scene. Mm-hmm. We should be asking ourselves, who are these characters and what do they want in that moment? Yes. And certain things are going to be playing out. And then there's an awareness there's an awareness. See, there's three different realities. There's there's the reality of the character, and then there's the awareness of the writer. So the character, the character knows what the character knows, but the writer knows more. Right, and and so the writer sometimes unduly influences the character beyond what they know or what they don't know. So in this example, just to ground it, the character may not be conscious of the fact that he really doesn't want to go to the fancy restaurant. That is correct. It, it, could, the, it could be either way. But the, let's just assume he doesn't okay. for this example. Okay. 
But the writer knows that because the writer knows this character really well. Yes. The writer's like, mm, this is not the type of guy that really wants to go to a fancy restaurant on a first date with a lady. Yes. That's not his character. Right. There are other Don Juan dressed in <laughs> fine tailored suits where that's, that's their playbook. Yes. An attractive woman. I take her out to the nicest restaurant I know. I impress her with money. Right. That's their character. So there's no conflict in that scenario, what you just exampled. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. The conflict in that date could be around him meeting a beautiful woman who's not impressed with his money. That would yes. be an interesting counter character yes. to put up in that scene if I were a writer. Well done. So, but in this scene, you have to know his character. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is not overlook that choice point and mm-hmm. then be like, well, I have to make a choice. Is The character's going to agree to something he may not be conscious of the fact that he doesn't actually want. Yes. And so then as a writer, knowing that, then what I would do is I would put in a thing like where they both where they both drive to the restaurant because it's Southern California everyone drives their own car mm-hmm. and so when they get to Fashion Island they have to park and the lady wants to the lady wants to valet park and then he wants to self park yeah he does yeah <laughs> and so then he has to wind up paying for both parkings so see how it starts to like starts to like chip away at him and then they get to the super nice restaurant that just opened and the maitre d's there and he's like oh you don't have reservations. And then she's like, oh, I, I really wanted to go. And so he goes, yeah, I could, I could make a reservation work out for you as he, as he you, know, you know, greases his palm. <laughs> and so then all of a sudden he's dropping 20 bucks just to even get a table. And you see how the, like the, the chip pressure builds against something he doesn't want to want. It get the, the, the stakes get raised as he gets more invested in a situation he doesn't want to be in. Yes. And, and that's all, and as a writer, I can only get to those choices or building in those, those conflicts by being aware that he goes off in that moment of, well, I don't really want to go to a Mexican restaurant with you, but I will go to this fancy restaurant with you. Yes. And, and if we just, if we just skip over that, then we don't get to build out the scene in a different way. And that, that to me is exciting. And ultimately what it has to do is it has to do with awareness. The, the writer has to be aware enough to slow down to make those discoveries. Sometimes I see in good scene writing, I'll notice that there are multiple choices in a scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. in good scene writing, you'll see also that the characters have really clear perspectives on how they feel about each choice. Yes. And that's sort of an art form. You sometimes see playwrights do it really well. And like, I think what you're pointing out is that sometimes writers just skip over choices like they're no big deal. Mm-hmm. And what we feel as an audience is just like, oh, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And there was nothing really, there was no tension or conflict mm-hmm. because we just assume that the characters were okay with the decisions that they're making, but we need to examine that. And we need to examine not just whether they're quote unquote okay or not, but how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it becomes predictable and trite. That's it's right. like, oh, here comes the here comes the here comes the check that's super expensive and the guy doesn't want to pay for it. Yeah. Whereas if it's set up earlier and we have hints that he's not super into it, then it can be more nuanced. We can enjoy it. We we can enjoy him being tortured more. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like or, or and then is she clueless or you know, does she not care? Or is she is she, you know, like what's her intention with all of that? Yeah. Also, listeners, if you're wondering at home um, who Robert is, Robert is Josh, and I was the date, and uh, Josh always picks up the check when we go out. Yeah, we were talking talking code. He should know. 
thank you, Joshua. Yeah, I, I just yeah because when when I heard that story, I it was just like, oh my god, this is so perfect for for notes on your notes, and I just had to bring it. Well, in Well, I think it's also how you view the world, which is you watch human behavior all the time, and for you, you're always looking at the small choices that people make that they're consciously or unconsciously mm-hmm. either happy, sad, elated bitter about like whatever it is you're tracking how they feel about the choices and the behaviors they're making yeah yeah like and if someone I, walked in a yoga class and didn't actually want to be in that yoga class that's what you're that's what josh is paying attention to <laughs> you can smell it man you can smell it you know what yeah i you know adam you're so funny because that's exactly what i do yeah i can tell by the way someone unrolls their yoga mat whether it was their choice to be there or the person that they just came with <laughs> Yeah. And it's kind of, it's, it's sometimes it's sad for me. Yoga peer pressure. Yeah. Because when they start doing the breath of fire, I can tell, I can tell if they, if they really want to be there. There's no heart in that breath. Call that a breath of fire. It's a breath of resentment. (laughs) Breath of ambers. Yeah. Yeah. This has been Notes on Your Notes. Go to Facebook and Instagram and like us. You'll get updates about future episodes, which we'd love. You can rate us on the iTunes store for Apple Podcasts. That's a great way of saying thank you. Don't forget, October 20th downtown, we have our second year anniversary. Uh, DM Joshua on Facebook or Instagram for details about location. It's going to be an amazing night of storytelling, of sharing, of networking with other artists. We'd love to see you there. Our second year anniversary, 100 episodes. The music you hear on this show is courtesy of Mr. McLeod. The sound design and editing is courtesy of me. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.